Hello, everyone. It's Sarah and Sarah Space, and I am beyond delighted to be sharing this space today with a wonderful friend, a former student, current student, a human being named Brett Track. Hello, Brett. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's wonderful to have you here. I wanted to bring you into this space because I feel like you have such a wonderful way of looking at the world and you have had such a full experience in the world as both a dancer and a human being and also because quite honestly you're a delightful human being to discuss things with and on that note I'd like to say that uh, if you wouldn't mind me mentioning that you're now 32 I believe we met when you were 19 yes I believe so too okay and I remember that you were a ballet student in a half day program that I was teaching but I think that I was just at that time teaching a contemporary dance aspect of that, and I don't know if I got to teach you as often as I would have liked. Mm -hmm. That sounds about correct. Yes, I think so. And then from then, you disappeared into the world of professional dance, and I really just got to hear snippets of you along the way, and I definitely want to speak to that later and find out what those snippets were about. I also just want to, at this point, mention that I love, I love my life. <laughs> I love the, the opportunity I've had to meet such human beings as yourself from such a young age through the dance world. And not that I think that the dance world is exclusive for making great connections, but perhaps because of the vulnerability, the time that it consumes and the commitment, I feel as though we're quite often thrown together in... Um, a rather intimate and intense situation and I sometimes feel as though the connections we develop are deeper stronger and longer lasting on some level and to that respect I have such a joy of being able to continue those connections into adulthood my very much older adulthood and <laughs> some of your younger adulthood <laughs> but on that note I would love to uh, ask you a little bit about your youthful experiences and what set you on the path of dance in the first place? Okay, so I can remember performing from a very young age. I was a twin, so I believe it was proposed to us, oh, if they're a twin, they should be actors. They should. We don't look anything alike, so right. <laughs> <laughs> don't really Why know not? what the reasoning yeah. was there. Okay, okay. But that's how I began doing theater, and my brother and I were put in a lot of different programs, soccer, t-ball, acting, okay. and I found myself much more drawn to the performing side, Okay. and he found himself much more drawn to the athletic side, Okay. although now dance is, is athleticism yeah. as well. Yeah. So from there, I can't remember exactly how old I was, maybe around 14, I did an audition and sang for them. And after that, they told me, you know, you really should dance. If you want to make this your career, you really need to dance. I believe they might have even posed it as I can't, I couldn't dance. So oh. I really should take dance because okay. I can't dance. Oh, okay. But okay. I can sing. Okay. okay. So you so, were, li they were, they were pointing out a limitation at that yes, point. Yes, I believe okay. it was. <clears throat> a gentle a, <laughs> Yeah, a gentle limitation, <laughs> a gentle nudge in the right direction. So from there... I took a few dance classes, as I had taken in the past as well. Yes. Around seven, eight, I had done some recreational classes, very, maybe at, even at community centers, very okay. non-serious. Non yeah. And 
I believe it was around 16 years old that I took my first ballet class. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of hooked. Mm -hmm. Me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe not quite at 16, <laughs> but maybe you wouldn't have had the yeah, career. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, one thing. When yeah. a man starts later, it's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a little bit easier to, to navigate the world still, the dance world. Yeah. So I was very hooked because I didn't have anything with that kind of physicality in my life at the mo at that point. Okay. So I enjoyed the just the workout of, yes. of dance. Yeah. I also enjoyed the discipline. And like I said, also being a guy at 16, it still is more acceptable to mm -hmm. start so late and and no one looks at you and says, well, you can't have a career now. Right. You're 16. That's right. way too late. Right. It's, it is more encouraging, I believe, right. for boys who start later. Yeah. This can still happen for you. You just need to push. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. <clears throat> I, I, can you just, can we just segue into that a little bit? Of course. How does, I don't need you to take a political stance on this or feel as though you need to represent all of manhood in the dance world. Right. Phew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I guess what I would love to hear is is that over the years, certainly in uh, many situations, I have overheard rather bitter comments, always coming from a female mouth, regarding how easy guys have it in the dance world and that they don't really need to be as talented and uh, they don't really need to put in all the work. They just basically need to be there, show up. Mm -hmm. And in the case of you, who happen to be quite tall in stature, it's literally like a gold mine in the dance world. And... I personally don't hold that belief. Uh, I do know that it's usually one to 30 as far as the odds go. Mm -hmm. You're lucky to have one male to 30 women. Of course. And that's, that's really quite positive speaking. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't like that kind of uh, closing doors mentality where it's just as though, okay, well, every guy just gets their way and, mm -hmm. and women are slogging away and slaving. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. And there'd be an argument, too, to say whether ballet is run by a more patriarchal mindset or a matriarchal mindset. And I know that there's been actual philosophical uh, courses about the fact that they feel that it is more, uh, I guess, patriarchal because it started in the male-dominated mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. But let's think right now about how, how many uh, male teachers we've had versus female teachers and male directors we've had versus female directors. Mm -hmm. And I, I personally have had more females than males. I don't know about you. Especially early on in my career, I yeah. was mostly trained by females, right. which is lovely. It makes yeah. you a very, I'm already a sensitive person yeah. and a compassionate person. Yeah. So I believe that it made me a pretty sensitive and compassionate partner in right. terms of dancing right. but i really could have benefited from that male energy yeah. as well at a yeah. young age and the first time i encountered a male teacher i was just delighted delighted yeah and yeah. also there is a sense of play with male dancers sorry i'm just i'm being distracted by the ding ding i don't know who's ding ding i don't know who's ding ding that is that's not my <laughs> I, I plead with it. You okay? <laughs> it's probably 100% me. Okay. But when I first encountered dancing with a group of guys, I was so excited, but at the same time, I had never just stood around with a group of guys and practiced my turns. Right. Kind of something that we yeah. experience yeah, yeah, when you yeah. teach a class. Yeah. Just spin like yeah. you are a child. Yeah. 
Yeah. Obviously with the technique, but just try, just go yeah. for it. See yeah. what works, see what doesn't. And yeah. men do tend to have a really good sense of that because yeah. there, maybe there is more that male bravado or yeah. wanting to show off yeah. quality. Yeah. And I really lacked that. And that made me feel really uncomfortable in the beginning. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. So your experience as far as that political stand. Oh, yes. I never. That's okay. It's a very tricky thing. Yeah. Because for the boys or young men, then how do they know if they start to feel the same way? How do they know whether they're getting recognized because they yeah. truly deserve it yeah. or because there is that aspect of imbalance in the imbalance yeah. in the community? Yeah. And sometimes I was aware of it because I was quite a new dancer and mm -hmm. I did, let's say, place in a competition. Yeah. I never really did any solos outside of my comfort zone, usually stage or song and dance. Right. So when you think about it, song and dance is also the vocal aspect mm -hmm. is just as important. I believe it's 50, 50, although it Should is a be. dance competition. Yeah. So I believe I always just chalked it up to that. If I ended up doing quite well and there, the girls were much superior dancers to me yeah. technically at yeah. that time, I just chalked it up to, you know, I usually tried to just give my whole heart into the performance. And mm -hmm. although I wasn't technically the strongest because mm -hmm. I only had a year or two of training under my belt at that point, I just chalked it up to as an overall performance. But it is challenging. And I do think that maybe that recognition of male dancers can happen alongside a recognition of a, the female dancers as well maybe they can tie because that, that, um, that encouragement is so important I, and I you already totally feel agree. uncomfortable yeah. because there's so much more imagery yeah. of females in the, especially in ballet, but yeah. in dance in general, yeah. that it is so nice as a young man to receive that positive criticism as with anyone, yeah. but you're already kind of feeling a bit like a fish out of water until it really you just allow yourself to accept that it is your passion. Yeah. But in the beginning, I think it really is so important for those role models or those, those mentors or people you look up to or adults or teachers to give you that positive feedback to keep pushing you to pursue it because yeah. it isn't always the easiest path no. path for men. For, for anyone. anyone. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, 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 I appreciate you saying that from a male perspective as well because mm -hmm. I think that... Uh, when I adjudicate and there are males in the categories of solos, I always notice, obviously. I mean, mm -hmm. I notice everyone. Um, I think I notice two things. One of them is, so who are you in this moment? You know, so you happen to be a different gender than most of the rest of your class. And some in some cities I've gone to, it's actually quite exciting because there might be three guys in a category and you mm -hmm. think, wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially if it's a, you know, it's a regularly, you know, 12 person category. But I think that for me, I don't think, I never have crossed my mind, oh, I really want to make sure you keep dancing. So I'm going to falsely buoy your hopes by discounting what someone else is doing that might be more technically adept or adroit or clean or perfect or polished at this mm -hmm. time. But I always, 
always give nods to getting up on the stage and making that jump and making that, like you said, that, that choice, that difficult choice, particularly when they're young, around 11 and 12. I can think of one, I think it was last year, one competition, there was a, a wee lad. Oh, he's probably about, I'm going to say 11. And he was on stage with a 13-year-old and the 13-year-old had hit the first burst of his puberty a little sooner. Mm-hmm. So he was already that taller, a little bit more gangly, um, little stronger. And they had these sort of pretend partnering moments, you know, just very, very little things, but they were doing it Mm -hmm. and their hearts were in it. And their technique was definitely not the same level as, as many other females on the stage. Not necessarily so much at the time. It was actually quite a well-suited group to one another, but in general, Mm -hmm. but I made sure that in my adjudication, I made I I had one of them, the smallest one, actually come forward and partner me. I just gave him a tip. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking that, you know, I'm sure there's someone in the audience that might be bitter about this. Why is that little boy getting attention? And I thought to myself, because he needs it. Mm -hmm. He needs to to have the assurance that, you know what? That was really cool that you got up on stage and tried to hold up a girl that's bigger than Mm -hmm. you. And in four or five years, he might be a really invaluable resource. Exactly. Exactly. And and I... To that studio and to those girls in the group. And to himself, mm-hmm. that just that feeling that, okay, this isn't the most popular choice in society, and maybe this isn't even the most popular choice in my family, mm-hmm. and I'm stepping out, and I'm not really good yet, but hey, how do we all start? We all, no one pops into mm-hmm. it really good. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, yeah, from my perspective, I love that you address the fact that it can be tricky being the male in the middle of that. Just... Just along those lines of what I've said to everybody about favorites, how much I dislike that whole policy of favoritism, because it's not fun for the favorite either, mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that that can address this mm-hmm. subject very well. So. Yes, and with with favoritism, it's not very good for the favorite in the moment and also sometimes mm-hmm. in the future when they Absolutely. no longer become the favorite. Exactly. So it was hard navigating my early training as a male dancer. I did do remember feeling a bit embarrassed if I ran into people in my high school. Yeah. They would be picking up their younger siblings from the dance studio, and right. I'd be, you know, just learning how to wear tights for yeah. the first time. <laughs> and it probably wasn't yeah. a pretty sight. I don't know. And I do remember feeling a bit embarrassed. Yeah. And also one time I had to miss a class because of a dance competition and my teacher just wouldn't believe me that that's where I was going oh he just couldn't believe that I was going to a dance competition right. I think he thought I was like pulling his leg oh that's not very kind is no. it? <laughs> yeah just maybe be, I don't know what people expect yeah. male dancers yeah. to look like yeah. or or how to interact but yeah it is it is interesting but now I don't really have any embarrassment regarding it I'm proud of it awesome. I, I'm excited to but you're take, old now. I am old. Yeah, thank goodness. Yeah, it comes with it comes with it comes with the territory. I guess that little more that comfort that in, in yeah. who you are, and it, yeah. and it and it is so much of who I was, am, and will be. I think I yeah. very much consider myself a dancer. When someone asks, "Well, who are you?" Yeah. Not that you should ever have to qualify or quantify or qualify who you are in a few words, but if I had to, one of them probably would be dancer slash entertainer or, right. or something in that genre. Right. 
which comes to another question. Tell me about genre. Tell me about once you, because you did start a little bit late, so it wasn't mm-hmm. like you were being force-fed from the age of five, uh, six or seven multiple genres and told, because usually that's what happens for children, is they would be told ballet is like the vocabulary for everything. Mm-hmm. And you might not like it, but you have to do it in order to be able to do these other things. I feel as though you kind of walked into it in a way where you got to choose that you liked ballet mm-hmm. and you understood early on how it does assist the other things you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Did you ever find yourself in a position where you picked a favorite genre or one that spoke to you more or that you wanted to pursue more professionally as well? Definitely. And I also think that can be so incredibly challenging. Even in the dance community alone, you tell someone you love musical theater and ballet and yeah. or contemporary ballet and they, yeah. they look at you. Well, that's not possible. Right. You have... <laughs> those it's not saying you love ballet and contemporary ballet right. that maybe is allowed yeah symbiotic but things that are considered too opposite of each yeah. other it would just be crazy that i would love those things yeah. equally and want to pursue those things equally right. and even at career seminars or yeah. talks for young dancers yeah they would say oh that's not possible right Right. Make oh, a choice now. You need to make yeah. a choice. Those two things aren't possible. Right. Especially in Vancouver. Right. Well, my career, I haven't had a lot of... Well, in my early career, I actually did dance in, in Canada and in British Columbia. Yeah. Fairly well. But regardless, I've known dancers yeah. that have yeah. been very successful in both those genres. To yeah. I think... You know what I think? I think that's a little bit along the lines of what people run into in a high school situation mm-hmm. where their biology teacher tells them that they can't possibly like English literature as much as they like biology mm-hmm. and they're going to have to make a choice for their major in university. I feel like there's there's a certain um, there's a certain attitude, I think. I think this is one of the things that resonates within you so much for me is that you are a connoisseur of learning and delight in learning and knowledge and a thirst for acquiring things that make your heart sing. Mm-hmm. In the old in the old days that was encouraged, that type of knowledge. It wasn't to go be, you know, an expert in something because then that was that, that was considered rather plebeian and that mm-hmm. would have been something, oh well go be a bricklayer then and learn bricklaying. Mm-hmm. Not saying there's anything wrong with bricklaying, mm-hmm. but that that was how the thinking was is that uh, when you were given a choice, if you were in the upper classes or you're, you had the stature or the money, you would choose to know everything or as much of a little mm-hmm. bit of everything that you could. And I think that that, I, th- I think that there, there's a switch with that because I have to be fully honest now and not remotely a hypocrite. I have actually followed that credo a little bit myself mm-hmm. in the sense that this whole new generation of dancers that I will call uh, multiple talents Mm -hmm. or what used to be called triple threat dancers. Mm -hmm. When I was young, that was kind of an anathema to me. Uh, Not so much because I didn't believe in it, but because I hadn't exposure to it. I was in a classically training ballet school and that was my love. I was exposed to modern. There was no contemporary then. And my heart didn't speak to modern. My body did, but my heart didn't. So I kept it at a distance I hadn't yet had the joys of being uh, fully exposed to contemporary ballet. Mm -hmm. So it really was classical ballet. And everything else seemed to me like something you would do if you couldn't do classical ballet. Right. Now, this is coming from a 15, 16-year-old, you know, driven 
trying so hard to fit into a world that didn't fit her mindset. Mm-hmm. So I realized it was very close minded. And I think that as I as I got older and as I chose my teaching jobs, it's ironic how many of them are in schools that teach five, six, seven disciplines mm-hmm. and how those are quite often my students of choice. Because when I have worked in a classically trained school, I feel that the mindset is so closed. Mm-hmm. And I feel that quite often I'm dealing with children that are so, I'm not, I'm generalizing. I'm not mm-hmm. saying this is across the board, but I feel like I have to work harder to pry open to find How do you really feel? Don't tell me about how your teacher feels about what you can or can't do. Mm -hmm. How do you feel? Mm -hmm. And I feel that one really positive outcome of having, you know, exposure to jazz and lyrical and tap Mm -hmm. and musical theater and song and dance and I'm missing some contemporary and modern and did I miss any? Acro, hip hop, exactly. Break dancing Mm -hmm. is that it's kind of like going to university with the mindset, I'm going to take this first year and take every course that appeals to me. Mm-hmm. And by the second year, I'm going to start whittling it down a bit. Maybe by the third year, I'll specialize. Then the fourth year, I can take that specialty and sink my teeth into it and then decide if I want a further education. Mm-hmm. Rather than supposedly at 18 having the mindset, which is so interesting, so I'm going to go on a rant, about that your frontal lobe that is apparently not developed for rational decision making until you're 25, but you're supposed to know at 18 exactly what you mm-hmm. want to do for the rest of your life. So you're going to go to specialize for four years with hundreds, hundreds, thousands of dollars spent on that mm-hmm. and walk away from that satisfied. And when you aren't, you're devastated because you think of all the money that was just wasted on that. Your family's mm-hmm. devastated because of maybe the the particular subject that you taught pleased everybody mm-hmm. or not taught sorry that you decided to learn pleased everybody because it was so I don't know high in estimation or what have you and I feel like it's okay if you decide I love singing and I love playing at the same time mm-hmm. and maybe I can make those two work together or maybe sometimes I'll keep them separate it's mm-hmm. kind of like meeting different do we all stick all of our friends in the same room at the same time and of try to socialize not. no, no that'd be a nightmare it, <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> so, so sorry, that little rant was all to say mm-hmm. that I love how you articulated that because I think that I think that some people still retain that snobbery about that, that mm-hmm. that, that isn't possible. Mm-hmm. Why not? They want you to be able to very clearly state what type of dancer you are and sometimes mm-hmm. what type of person you are. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, it kind of depends on, on the, the day. day. <laughs> and, and, and I yeah. do think you have a point and even still now, if you have passions that are very, very different from each other, yeah. I think it is important to pay attention and to realize both of those passions or all of those passions, because there can be many, Yeah. but know that at times you may have to put one to the forefront. And yeah. that is something I learned, let's say, mid-20s and on better than before when I used to try to go to every audition, every right. class. Right. Well, I'm a singer, but I also like dancing and I might want to do theater and I might want to train more in this and I might and I was just exhausting myself yeah, and out. not yeah. giving myself much time to be a human mm-hmm. away from dance as well which I also think is important so now I've kind of learned to focus maybe on a goal or two at a time mm-hmm. but they don't need to always be in the same genre or Sorry, we're Sorry. <laughs> I'm giving the cat some yeah. love. I just got off we're a cruise ship, so I'm just yeah. loving loving oh, all the dear. cats around here. Yeah. So if you hear some purring in the background, yes, it's not Brad. That's just my new friend. <laughs> so I do believe that 
you should focus on one thing at a time, but also know that the path isn't always clear. And there's been a few auditions that I've been to where I've thought, well, man, thank goodness I just got off a cruise ship as a singer, but had just done a ballet intensive for a right. week and before that had tried a break dancing class that I really <laughs> fell out of my comfort zone. You broke but all these little all these little things yeah. have kind of been a very strange, let's say cobblestone path to lead me to my next goal yes. or opportunity. It hasn't always been this clear cut and dry road, yeah. but just going where the wind takes you and, and going maybe that sparks joy in some way mm -hmm. with with new training or new people or new opportunities can have you know let's say a a universal plan that you can't always see in the moment yeah and it doesn't always need to be so black and white or oh we can check this off a list yes yeah it can be a little more gray well and the other beautiful thing of that too is is i think that takes you on a quicker journey to the discovery of yourself mm -hmm. and I think that I mean there's some there's some beautiful uh, articulations from they're not even mildly famous but fairly famous dancers that are very young I think one that I saw not too long ago was a TED talk by the young lady who had been in first position and then mm. went and got a company position right away and discovered at something like 22 that she was miserable mm -hmm. that she had been doing that entire life that created fame mm -hmm. you know and quote-unquote fortune for her but it wasn't where her heart was mm -hmm. happy i think i might have read that article yeah too. and i i kind of thought that was really wonderful to read that that mm -hmm. that and I, oh I'd, let me rephrase that because that sounds so you know mean mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm not I'm, it's not wonderful that she went through that painful process of realization mm -hmm. and that um, she then had to get her mental health and her physical health back mm -hmm. on par. I guess what I, I felt was wonderful that she decided to articulate it and share mm -hmm. it and, and make it clear to other people that it's okay. In her case, she was drawn by the academic world, mm -hmm. deeply drawn to the academic world. Mm -hmm. And she had always pushed that aside, even though she was an overachiever and a, mm -hmm. basically a straight A student and was doing, I think throughout all of her, she was only trained with private coaches and I think everything else was done with tutors. Mm -hmm. So, she did very well, and she always put it in the back, such on the back burner that she wasn't feeding that part of herself, and thereby mm -hmm. she became very empty and unhappy. And I think that I think more people would be in a better place if they recognize that that's okay, mm -hmm. and that if you sit across from someone and they say, "Yeah, I'm a, I'm a professional dancer," and they go, "What company do you dance with?" Oh, well, I've I just got off a cruise ship, or I just mm -hmm. um, I just did an independent project with Winway, or you know what whatever mm -hmm. it happened to be. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I I feel like more uh, benevolent recognition of that would be really handy mm -hmm. for young people starting out and mm -hmm. figuring themselves out. To mm -hmm. be honest, and on that note, I also want to talk about your actual some experiences i mean what what have been some of your professional experiences yeah i feel very lucky for someone that has started so young and or started so old. much old <laughs> much older than than maybe the average average dancer that it took me a little bit 
of a time to go on my own path. And sometimes I thought, oh, well, well I started ballet too late, so I'll never have a technical career because right. that'll just be something that supplements my musical theater or, or more c commercial or, or theme parks or cruise ship career. Yeah. But I, I have been pretty lucky. I also, I did, I did have some interaction with you when I apprenticed for for move the company yes yes and that was also wonderful. for my season with source that i ended up yeah. leaving early to to take class with ballet victoria yeah but i did have some more interaction with you there and then from that point i did a cruise ship but unfortunately i experienced my first serious back injury okay. and I had to leave that early okay but through my physio and and retraining I was taking a lot of ballet and then I ended up getting a contract with Ballet Kelowna that I auditioned okay. for two years prior and yeah. someone had dropped out so then I ended up doing that yeah and then I got to go to Thailand with Josh Beamish as well or with move the company okay well. was that the same piece that I helped out with or I was believe that... so okay what did you do with like the 24 dancers yes yes yeah, yeah. I okay. took class out in mission with you a oh few wonderful times. I do yeah. remember yeah. it yeah. yeah it's all coming back to me now <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so maybe a little bit too late, but at some point I did realize that if I know you should never want to go back, but if I could go back and tell myself, I would have said it's okay to focus on something more technical in your training and your right. performing because I've always wanted to be a musical theater or singing and dancing performer. Right. But I do think that there is a a little bit more of a of a shelf life for that technical kind of dancing and i think it's very good that i started my career with ballet and contemporary contracts and that it was so important to do it in the moment when i was right was young because if i would have gone away for a year-long cruise ship gig it yeah. really would have been hard to come back to that yeah yeah so i'm kind of thankful that i got injured and had to leave that that yeah. contract and and I got back into training and in the studio and I to this day I still love taking class. Yeah, you said that this I summer. Do love, yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. so lucky to attend your summer program this past summer. Um, and and I and I did one in Toronto a week in Toronto just before then as well. Wonderful. And it's been amazing. I'm yeah. still a student. I'm yeah. still learning. <laughs> and I think that's also something about starting late that has been so amazing is. For the most part, it has been entirely my choice. Yeah. I chose to take ballet. I chose to get up and pack my bag and go to class for six hours or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. Yeah. those crazy schedules that yeah. I could never maintain now. Yeah. I chose to, when I did the arts umbrella um, mentor program. Or I it was a full year, The right? graduate program. Yeah. yeah. I had to work six nights a week at a restaurant just right. to try to... Maybe not the smartest thing ever. Maybe I should have spoken right. to my parents and tried to get a, a little bit more of their help yeah. to really focus on it. But, you know, you live and you learn. Yeah. But all those things have been a choice. And then even still now, on my four-week vacations, I'm always taking class at Harbor and voice lessons through one person or another and keeping up my love of movement yeah. and my, my exploration and my learning. And I still have goals that that differ from each other yeah yeah right now I, i'm um still on cruise ships in the moment and i am doing very much 50 50 singing and dancing okay. but i potentially still do have goals that might have me dancing more right right 
And I think that's okay. And it's really hard because people do ask you, oh, what's next? Or what are your, what do you, what do you want to do? Or what job are you doing now? And there can be pressure to just come up with something and, and feel successful in the moment and be able to give this grand answer. But sometimes yeah. I think it's also okay to say, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm here in this, in this class with you. Yeah. So yeah. obviously it's still something I'm pursuing. I just don't have a clear answer for you in the moment. You know, uh, in respect to that, I think that he voiced a concern that I think a lot of dancers feel is that there is such a pressure to be doing something spectacular to mm -hmm. explain yourself, mm -hmm. to explain why you don't mind getting sweaty and you don't mind not making very much money and you don't mm -hmm. mind paying for class or you know you don't mind any of the the things that denote the dance world. But the fact of the matter is 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 that a lot of those people would love love one minute of that feeling you get when you're pursuing something that you love so much. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's so hard to articulate and put into words because I, I do equate it to experiences that there's a lot of experiences on the planet that I don't think we can do anything more than say, I'm so, that's so wonderful to hear about, or I wish I knew what that felt like, or uh, I love hearing how you speak about that because I feel as though Words such as, oh, I totally understand, they don't apply. Such as mm -hmm. giving birth to a baby. People can't say to you, I totally understand. Nope. Even no if. Clue. E well, <laughs> no clue. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> no clue whatsoever. <laughs> but in, in respect to even other women that have given birth to a baby, every experience is different. Mm -hmm. The only one that can be shared is, is that you gave birth to a life. And mm -hmm. that is, you can't equate that to anything else. Right. I also don't think that you can equate certain experiences such as dance, which are so, uh, they're so all-encompassing. They're, they're your psyche, they're your spirit, they're your physicality, they're your heart, they're your emotionality. Because just mm -hmm. think about how many times you fought tears back or fought mm -hmm. anger back in a situation. Uh, going into it, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not putting these alternative situations down, but going into a lecture about biochemistry is just not the same situation mm -hmm. or slogging through um, six hours of study to complete a, an exam on calculus is mm -hmm. not the same situation mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it's any less valuable it's mm -hmm. just not the same situation right. so i feel as though it's quite lovely to be able to say to someone who says well what are you doing right now you can say i'm taking stock of what i just did and i'm really i'm really enjoying my life and mm -hmm. and to have that person just have to say they that's might look wonderful. at you like you're crazy yeah but... and that's okay because the, then there's a part that leaves them with a the reflection of wow could i say that if somebody asked me that right now or would i have to say well i'm working at the so-and-so company and uh bringing in you know five g's it's not, it's mm -hmm. not very much is it no a week let's say a week <laughs> okay five g's a week that's a, a little better oh day oh, okay. a day i think is more <laughs> the standard nowadays you can tell how out of touch i am uh all that to say that i think that uh dance and dancers and the dance world would benefit from sharing just their actual joy about mm -hmm. what they're doing or what they've done. And maybe the prospect of doing something in the fu future, maybe not. Mm -hmm. Maybe just the, the fact that they're at this moment, like you said, taking class. I, I'm just taking class right now and I'm in between jobs. I remember how we teased each other in the summer. I said, you know, when I was younger, I felt that pressure to make up some sort of mm -hmm. spectacular thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> because someone says, well, you know, what's next? Do you feel like saying, well, oh, well, you know, um, Prince Harry and Meghan just gave me a call yeah. and they want a little private performance for their child's first birthday yeah, party, right. you know? But I can't tell anyone. It's, it's, a, it's a secret. Shush, shush. Yeah. So I feel as though um, it really... It really is such a profoundly personal experience mm -hmm. and that it's okay to share that you derive such pleasure from the doing mm -hmm. and, and maybe the already done as opposed to what's coming next stuff. Because mm -hmm. I think that that's a little bit of a, that's a little disconnect society in general has. And that mm -hmm. would be wonderful if more articulate dancers like yourself just went out there and articulated what you just did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, I, I agree. The I mean, I feel so fortunate. I sometimes text my mom after class and I'm like, well, still love it, which is, <laughs> which is good. Like, thanks yeah. for all that, those yeah. sacrifices. Exactly. Because, yes, it would be sometimes nice if you can offer your teachers or, or parents numbers on a page or this is how much I'm making or this right, is how right. I'm living. But at the end of the day, I'm still so happy with my chosen career. Yeah. I never... I have flickers of, oh, maybe one day I'll do something a little bit different. But yeah. in the moment, I'm still so happy to be doing this. And yeah. and um, I feel very fortunate for that. That's wonderful. Because how many people get to say they love their job? Of course, there are days. But for the most part, I truly love no, yeah, everything it's, it's about my job. And unusual emotion. A lot of people love what's going to happen at the end mm -hmm. of their job, waiting for that big retirement, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? and, and like I'm, you said, it's a double-edged sword. Because when you do care about your job, I always speak about with friends this topic in that if someone tells you oh i didn't like your feet right <laughs> but you work in an office yeah <laughs> it probably is not going to mean as much yeah. as if you just are sweating from finishing a two-hour show and yeah. someone said oh your, oh, your feet, feet were awful good. yeah it's so strange that something can be so personal yeah because it is such a passion so the the greater you love something i feel like the greater the potential for disappointment but you do need to yeah. just continue to remind yourself how lucky you are that that comment hurt you so much because it can, is also going to bring you equally or hopefully greater amounts of joy. Because you've made such an investment with your mm -hmm. entire being. But yeah. it's tricky. It is, tr it is tricky. And mm -hmm. I think that would be a really um, lovely time for me to ask you when you're talking to a young person who's mm -hmm. embarking, like you did this summer with uh, the mother. I loved those <laughs> girls. It was all girls, okay. So yeah, I loved they, yeah. those girls. Oh, they and were they, amazing. they were so appreciative of mm -hmm. having your perspective and, mm -hmm. and not only your kindness and your your funny, um, mm -hmm. loving way of mm -hmm. approaching the world, mm -hmm. but also just your professional perspective and the fact that they could ask you, well, what is it like when this and this happens? And you would give them an honest and genuine mm -hmm. answer. And, and they would then be able to see... And you're still pursuing it. And like mm -hmm. you brought up earlier, you love the learning process. Right. Because a lot of people... I'm still the same as them. Ex well, I think that's what the, this mindset mm -hmm. is. Oh, you know, once you're done at 18 in mm -hmm. your academic training, mm -hmm. you're now off to, you know, whatever mm -hmm. company or whatever mm -hmm. job. And you can stop taking class, except mm -hmm. for the odd, you know, stretch here and there. And that's, A, grossly physically unhealthy. Mm -hmm. yes. It's not mentally stimulating. And it's no way to evolve into a... a better dancer, artist, person, mm -hmm. etc. Mm -hmm. So what would you say if I was, say, 15 or 16 and sitting across from you and just wanting a, uh, wanting some words of wisdom and maybe some encouragement? That's a great question. I think for each young dancer, they need to surround yourself or surround themselves with those mentors as you were speaking with mm -hmm. in your last in your last podcast. 
but also know that there's only one you, truly. I know mm-hmm. that maybe sounds a bit cliche, but there really is only one Sarah Brewer, and there's only one Brett Track. Unless, Sarah Brewer Klaus. Or Sarah Brewer Klaus, yeah, so that there probably is really <laughs> just one. Well, there actually is a Sarah Brewer, Just let's just cover this. Okay, so, she, she's a doctor, Sarah Brewer, and she's oh. a famous uh, American gynecologist. It's oh. not me. Yeah, That could be you, though, in another <laughs> life, for sure. But people always do try to give you advice, and sometimes you really do want to take it, but it isn't feeling 100% like yourself. Yeah. And I think you really need to realize everyone's journey is different and mm-hmm. what makes your teacher happy might make you kind of happy. Yeah. But if you could take this other aspect or change it a little bit, which is can be a very personal subject when someone gives you their advice yeah. and you take it, but you manipulate it a little, yeah. it can feel... Like, well, if you're not going to take everything I gave you, <laughs> why take any of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just me. And if I would have, if I would have continued the rest of my professional career trying to please everyone in my life, yeah. I would have probably given up and been very, very confused. Yeah. And starting late, I received so many conflicting and confusing comments that, like you said, sometimes you hold on to forever. Yeah. Like, well, you're kind of. You're kind of big to be a dancer. Oh, man. You, you started too late to yeah. be a ballet dancer, to be yeah. technical. Yeah. Or you're just doing this because you you want to pursue musical theater. Okay. Not so much in a negative way, yeah. but that's the own, that's the means to the end. You don't so ever yeah. try to be a dancer because yeah. you're just dancing to do theater. Right. But then also things as, well, if you want to do theater, you have to kind of stop dancing so much. Or if you want to dance, you have to stop singing yeah yeah so it it really is just important to look inside yourself maybe journals surround yourself with people that you do think really see you as clearly as possible and live your own life and a lot of young dancers are saying well i like ballet but i know that i'm not that technical Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm like okay well do you i did say like it's okay. It was the first like the, first, the entire I have been podcast. Trying that was so amazing. hard, I'm like sweating. You're like sweating. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like sweating. I'm sweating. Oh dear me! But I'm so sorry. A lot of young dancers do say things <clears throat> such as that. These judgments on themselves, but you know that they are not sitting in their room thinking that. Thinking no, that came from an technical. outside source. Yeah. If you if you love something, that is more important Mm -hmm. than your abilities Mm -hmm. yes you will need to continue to work extremely hard but don't ever let anyone tell you what type of dancer or person or employee Mm -hmm. or employer Mm -hmm. you are because Mm -hmm. i trust me i've heard it all Mm -hmm. because i don't quite fit into a box Mm -hmm. i don't fit into a box of of 100% 100% being a dancer because I always loved school. I loved to read. I like the outdoors. I Once I discovered dancing, I found out I just love to move in general. Yoga, right. Pilates, right. running, all these things. Yeah. But sometimes it was used so derogatory. I've been called a party boy because maybe because I didn't want to dance 100% of the time. And uh, okay. I don't, I honestly, sometimes I don't know where people got their information yeah. because I wanted to have friends outside yeah. of dance oh. and maybe see them how dare you a little bit yeah yeah <laughs> and 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 at the same at the same time i went through my 20s yeah and i did discover things about 
myself. And I did just live a normal life and yeah. and dance kind of ebbed and flowed through my life yeah. when, when it could. Yeah. And now I'm very much pursuing it full time yeah. and I try to organize my contract. So I am very much working full time and yeah. being able to do all those important adult things like save a bit of money and yeah, 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 exactly. et cetera, put away yeah. for the future, for yeah. example. But I also have, am trying to develop myself as Brett because dance is quite, is precarious the right word? In that if you do get injured, mm-hmm. you might have to pull away from that mm-hmm. and just be yourself. Brett, just yeah. be yourself. And, and it's very that? scary. <laughs> Is that good advice for young dancers? Did no, I kind of stray it, away no, from that? No, that's beautiful because mm-hmm. I, I do remember I spoke about that in some earlier interval because, mm-hmm. and I do say that a lot. I don't like hanging the old noose of the possible injury over mm-hmm. people's heads. Right, also. And, and that, and what do people always say? Um, oh, well, this is my backup plan. And a lot of people are so against even mm-hmm. that, that terminology. Mm-hmm. And I feel that it's not so much about backup plans and worrying about being injured and worrying about the negative all mm-hmm. the time. It's about... Who are you as a complete human being? You've mm-hmm. just said in what you were answering that you are more than one box mm-hmm. or one classification. Mm-hmm. As a dancer and a person. Dancer and a person. Mm-hmm. So thereby you will always have yourself when you go from contract to contract or or free time to free time mm-hmm. or friend to friend. Thereby you're more bound to have more personal satisfaction. Mm-hmm. You're quite honestly, probably going to be much more interesting as a human being on the planet. And your mental health is going to be mm-hmm. far less precarious than someone who mm-hmm. puts everything into one thing and allows those outside mm-hmm. forces to dictate who they are. For sure. In and my personal opinion. Sorry, that was very strong. Everything <laughs> is, everything takes work. When I've had, I was fortunate enough to work in Paris for almost three years at the Moulin Rouge and at Disneyland Paris, respectively. Okay. Respectfully. Yeah. And respectively yeah but during that time i also took french classes right that the dtrc actually helped me the dance transition resource center actually helped me with those and and gave me some funding for that as well and and i also always took class whenever i'm on land i'm taking class because i've had some long-term jobs that didn't tend or didn't end up being as long-term as i originally thought right and all of a sudden you're finding yourself potentially out of work in two months. Yeah. But I was never worried because yeah. I had made connections and yeah. and I knew that I could still do what I was doing. I could still dance. I could still go to an audition and pick up the choreography and take my varied background and try to present myself in the best possible light in an hour or two audition, which yeah. is a very challenging thing in itself. It sure and is, yeah. Trust me, I bombed some auditions. <laughs> Have I've we been all? Like, who is that person? <laughs> who was that person in the room? Because he is certainly not me. I don't know who he was. He can go away now. But for the most part, yeah. I've generally managed to be fairly successful. And I've also done a lot of things on my own. I don't always think that you need to pay the most money mm-hmm. for these headshots yeah. or this this coaching. I've made all my own demos and I am pretty bad at the computer. Right. And like I us. yes. Yeah. And I've made all my own demo reel, reels and yeah. my last headshot was a hundred dollars in yeah. someone's garage in, in Los Angeles when I was in rehearsals. Sounds and, shady. And but yeah, she was lovely. <laughs> and she let me hold her dog. So no, she was winning. No. But I've just kind of used my connections and I never 
as I'm getting older and adult, I never thought I have to go about it this way yeah, to yeah. get the career I want. Yeah. I have the career yeah. I want. Is it perfect every day? No. No. But I am very much have the career I want because I get to try new things and I can still dream. I don't feel too limited and I try not to limit myself because everyone around you will limit you. Yes. And if you also limit yourself, then you're very, uh, very empty. Yes. Yeah. Empty mm-hmm. and, and, and it's kind of a sad. dead end. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. And dejected. And yeah, yeah. But we're not ending on that note. No, um, <laughs> please, let's not. I think, I think the, the takeaway I have from everything you said, beyond the fact I'm just delighted to have you in the room and your energy in the room, the takeaway is, is that you are really um, fulfilled with mm-hmm. the path you've chosen. I love it. And, and that the ups and the downs are all part mm-hmm. of it. And they're mm-hmm. all part of the character building. Mm-hmm. They're all part of the evolution of yourself as a human Mm -hmm. they're all part of the evolution of you as a dancer Mm -hmm. and and also the sorting out of yourself as a performer and an entertainer as you say because all of that lends itself to why people would be drawn to you on stage Mm -hmm. if we are only keeping ourselves in this one compartment dictated by somebody else on the outside then that is eventually what people will see on the stage Mm -hmm. it's just it's inevitable because it's so limiting and well, it's like with the conversation we had earlier about being put in a box. Mm-hmm. It's not the way humans were. Boring. It's boring, and it's but, it's it's boring, and it's it's also kind of impossible. Mm-hmm. It always ends mm-hmm. up hurting mm-hmm. and and failing in some way. Mm-hmm. I mean, ironically, strangely enough, I always want I want to watch the dancer who did their plies and tendus before the show, right? Because a lot of times I'm watching shows that aren't necessarily classical so of course if it's in a classical genre of course they need to do that warm-up i want to see the dancer that did their technical warm-up or training whatever that may mean for them but then threw it away just a little bit and and just allowed me to see who they are on stage on the edge so it's a lot to ask for as an audience member yeah because i want to see that preparation and and that technical side of someone but then I want to see what makes them them. And yeah. if that is being having a slightly different hand or arm than the girl or boy beside them, yeah. or or using a bit of their own musicality or timing mm-hmm. to really just present themselves on that stage, then so be it. Yeah. yeah. Because you don't have to be perfect in relation to the perf- person beside you, but you can be the best version of yourself. I, oh, you sound a little bit like an advertisement there. <laughs> it does tend to happen <laughs> that was great well you know what I think that you are definitely the best version of yourself oh thank you and... I try <laughs> not every day but... and I am so grateful that you came oh, and and had this just conversation lovely. with me really I'd love to do another one in the future yes uh, we could probably just tape most of our conversations and, and enjoy listening <laughs> back for ourselves <laughs> at least you and I to. will yes <laughs> So thank you so much for coming to Sarah's Space. It was an absolute joy. Thank Thank you. Thank you, you too.